Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. My name is John Wilson. Some of you I don't know. My wife Connie and I are fairly new here. We've been here about two years. I'm a retired Assemblies of God pastor from St. Louis. We're here because of grandchildren. What else is there, right? My point in life. What else is there? Pastor Mike is on vacation, and so he asked me to preach on parenting. So, let's uh, read the Bible together. Please stand. The verses will be on the screen. I would like to ask you to please read aloud. It's from the life of King David. Please read aloud. As David's time to die drew near, he charged Solomon his son, saying, I'm going the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies, according to what is written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn, so that the Lord may carry out his promise which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons are careful of their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Please be seated. King David demonstrated tremendous parenting skills in the last few hours of his life in a conversation he had with his son Solomon, the next king of Israel. David's life's work was over. There were no more enemies to be conquered, no more cities to be built, no more buildings to be built, but he had one last conversation with Solomon. David spoke the words of a father to a son. The first point, parents teach their children how to be prepared to die. Look back at those verses, and it says, As David's time to die drew near, he charged Solomon his son, saying, I'm going the way of all the earth. David was dying, and he knew it. He had one last conversation with his son. For a father to teach his children about death, he must be prepared to die. The first part of the preparation of being prepared to die is to know where he is going. The book of Hebrews, it says, And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes the judgment. The choice of where one is going after death is made before death. Two possibilities exist. The souls of people who believe in Jesus, who have repented of their sins, will go to paradise or Abraham's bosom or the presence of God. Those are all names for the same place. And that soul stays there awaiting the resurrection of the body. God will give a new body. And then that soul is placed into that body and it will go to heaven to live forever. 
Now, the other possibility is for the person who has not confessed his sins, has not professed his faith in Jesus, at death he goes to Hades, a place of separation from God, there to await the resurrection of that body, and then that is cast into hell. Every man needs to know where he is going. My father will go to heaven. He spoke often of it. It was his desire to see heaven. A father must know where he's going, so he's able to tell his children where he's going and how to get there. The second part of being prepared to die is to know that the time of death is in God's hands. A follower of Jesus will not die one second before God wants him to, nor will he remain here one second after God wants him. God determines the time. Now, if a father is secure in that, he can tell that to his children. Solomon watched his father die. One of my greatest memories is that my father died in peace. He was a lifelong Christian. He died at age 87. He and my mother were married 54 years. They had four children. I was the oldest. I have three younger sisters. One of them has gone to be with Jesus already. My dad was an elevator constructor. He installed elevators in all kinds of buildings, all kinds of elevators, passenger, freight, hydraulic, cable. He did this for 44 years. Well, he was fascinated by the description of heaven given by the Apostle John in Revelation chapter 21. The Apostle John there says that heaven is a cube that is 1,500 miles on each side. Well, my dad would sit and muse about what kind of elevators would be in heaven. Now, if you had any interest at all, he would engage you in conversation about what heaven would be like. And given the size of an average person, how many people could inhabit that cube that's 1,500 miles on each side? He even took a map of the United States, and he put on it little barriers of a cube 1,500 miles on each side and superimposed it on that map to give you a relative size of that. And then he would explain that it's actually 1,500 miles high as well. He wanted to know what kind of elevators were in heaven. And so he would talk about that. Well, he was in the hospital, and then he was released to a rehab center, and I was there the evening that he died. When the nurse came at 11 o'clock to give him his medication, he told her, I am not afraid. When she returned at 12 midnight to check on him, he had passed. Dads, we must show our children how to be prepared to die. If you're not prepared, you can be by admitting you're a sinner, putting your faith in Jesus Christ to forgive you, and then that he will be your savior. And then you know that when you leave this earth, you will go into the presence of Jesus. 
Now, death is the biggest experience in life. It's bigger than high school graduation. It's bigger than getting married. It's bigger than having your first child. It's bigger than getting that plum job. You see, death is a one-time experience. There are no do-overs. You get it right the first time. Fathers, we must show our children how to be prepared to die. Second point, parents teach their children how to live. Let's look back to verses 2 and 3 of those scriptures. It says, Be strong, therefore. Show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies, according to what is written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed in all that you do wherever you turn. Parents must teach their children how to be strong. Well, to be strong means to be determined. David held a vision that God had given him of the king of Israel. His succession to the throne was not easy. He wasn't pampered. His predecessor, King Saul, tried repeatedly to kill him. David had to flee and had to fight for his life. But all the time, he held this vision. He was determined. God had called him to be the king of Israel. Following the death of Saul, David reigned in Hebron for seven years. And then he was put on the throne in Jerusalem, where he ruled for 33 years. He survived an attempted coup by his son Absalom, Solomon's older brother. But through it all, he was determined to follow the vision God had given him to be the king. Determination or persistence of faith is a quality that Jesus highly admired. There's a story in the Gospels where Jesus went to the area around Tyre and Sidon, and there he met a woman whose daughter was, it says, cruelly demon-possessed. That means that her behavior was totally erratic. She came to Jesus and asked for help. Jesus' first response to her was silence. And then his ever-loving, spiritually sensitive disciples came up and told her, get away from him. She kept saying, yes, but, yes, but, yes, but. And finally, Jesus said, I have not seen this kind of faith anywhere in anyone. Because of your faith and your determination, as a result, your daughter is made well. Persistence in faith is a characteristic that Jesus admired. Moses is a great challenge to me. It's a wonderful story. You know, he's called by God to go before Pharaoh to have the release of the Hebrews. And he makes his request. And you know the result? Things get tougher for the Hebrews. Pharaoh turns up the heat. It gets even worse. And then God comes to Moses a second time. I cannot imagine what must have gone on inside Moses' spirit when God says, go back, go a second time. But God, I went once and things got worse. Go again, go again. And he did. And then he went a third time and the fourth time. I can't imagine what that would be like. Every time, life got worse. For little me, 
If I make a little bitty step of faith, I want to have all kind of reinforcement. Yeah, you're right, John. You're doing good. Moses had none of that. But he did what God told him to do. Why? Because he was determined, persistent in faith. God has told me to do this. Parents, we must be strong so our children are strong. So, Dad, when you are out of work and you pray daily for a job and there's no apparent answer, and your son comes to you with a little note of sarcasm in his voice and he says, what good is that doing? You have to be strong. You have to be determined to follow the Lord. If you are strong, when you get to the point in life where David is, and you say to your children, be strong, it will mean something, and they will hear you. Second, fathers show their sons how to be men. Look in verse 2, it says, show yourself a man. Now I take that to mean, show yourself to be a man, not a superman. David showed his humanity. He wept. He confessed. He cried out to God. He repented. Everything real men do. Superman do none of that stuff. At our St. Louis church, one of the high points of the week was a Thursday businessmen's luncheon. The church was in such a place that uh, there were a number of offices nearby, and 40 to 50 men would gather every Thursday at noon to have a wonderful meal and then listen to a speaker. Well, the high point of the meeting was not the food, which was very good. It was not the friendships which were made. It was not the business networking which went on. It was not the mighty exploits which some man had done. It was when a speaker stopped mid-sentence, caught his breath, broke eye contact with the audience, either looked up, looked down, cleared his throat, and said, uh, excuse me. That was a clear signal he was going to say something so personal, so meaningful, so emotional, that he was overwhelmed. Everyone sat up a little straighter in their chair. Everyone listened a little more carefully. And then the speaker described, how the hand of the Lord came down and saved him. Men need a savior. Supermen don't. Supermen can, remember, leap tall buildings with a single bound. They're faster than speeding bullets. They can stop steaming locomotives. Parents, let your children know you're human. Have you ever showed your report cards to your children? Children need to see their parents as human beings. Dad, be a man. Don't be a superman. Number three, parents show their children how to keep the charge of the Lord. Read verse two, or read verse three. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. The charge of the Lord is the will of God. David's charge was to establish Jerusalem as the religious, cultural, political center of the nation of Israel. He did that. He defeated an enemy. 
He purchased a threshing floor. He brought the Ark of the Covenant into the city. Solomon's charge was to build the temple. Solomon could see that his father David had kept his charge, which gave him courage and strength to keep the charge of the Lord. The Apostle Paul said at the end of his life, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. He then said to his spiritual son, Timothy, you be faithful to preach the word. Parents, we must transmit to our children the model of doing the will of God. So when your daughter asks you, why does our family always read the Bible? Or when your son asks you, why does our family always distribute clothes and food to needy people? Or your children ask you, why does our family always go to church on Sunday? You will say, because it pleases God. In the record of King David's life recorded in Chronicles, it is recorded that David said, to, said Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole Number four, parents show their children how to walk in the ways of the Lord. This is verse three. To walk in all his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies. Walking. That is an everyday routine. Nothing spectacular, nothing earth-shaking. David learned how to do this by handling his frustrated desire. Remember, David's great ambition was to build a temple for God. He said, I live in this luxurious house. The ark of God is in a tent. I want to build for God a wonderful building. And God said to him, no, you're not going to do that. Your son Solomon will do it. You won't do it. And then, amazingly, David very gladly accepted that. Yes, that's true. He accepted God's verdict. He was willing to do as God had told him to do. So rather than trying to build a temple himself, he collected all of the materials and then turned it over to his son. And his son Solomon did it. David could have ignored God's direction. He could have plunged ahead. He could have said, well, I have a better idea. I'm going to do it. But he didn't. He still supported the project, even though he couldn't be the contractor. The way a person responds to a no answer is a measure of his maturity. A child may cry, may pout. A teenager may ask why or run away. When an adult is told no, we hope he is able to handle it without a temper tantrum, without nagging, without leaving. No one likes to hear no, especially when a good idea has been put forth or an unselfish offer has been made. It's difficult to give up a cherished ambition. To die to one's own desire and to accept God's will is cruel to the flesh. Dad, maybe you've received a no. Possibly it was from your employer when you were told you were no longer needed. Possibly it was from a prospective employer who would not return your call. Maybe it was even from a pastor who told you no to what you thought was a really good idea. Parents, we are called to walk in the ways of the Lord. We are to show the character of Jesus. 
We are to love when it hurts. We are to give when it seems there's nothing left. We are to pray when the heavens are brass. Mom, Dad, your children know you better than anyone. You cannot fool them. Parents, walk in the ways of the Lord. When you get to the place in life when David was, and you say to your children, walk in the ways of the Lord, it will mean something because you have modeled it before them. Number five, parents show their children how to keep the statutes, commandments, and ordinances, and testimonies of the Lord. Read that in verse three, if you still have your Bible open. To keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies. The direction of God given to Moses was that for fathers were to teach their children about God. This is Deuteronomy 6. It's called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the Lord. He is the one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These works which I am commanding you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. David knew that. He knew the Old Testament, and he did it. We fathers are to talk about our love for God while we're sitting at home, while we're driving our car, while we go to sleep. Fathers are to show their love for God in the actions of their hands and the thoughts of their minds. I reviewed the book Missing from Action, Vanishing Manhood in America. The thesis of the book is men have, abdica have abdicated the moral leadership of families, communities, and country to women. As an example, think about the organization MADD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Are any fathers against drunk driving? Or do mothers have to carry that load? A social problem in our society is absent fathers. Mothers raising children in single-parent homes. Fathers must show their children how to keep the statutes of the Lord. Point number three. Parents give hope to their children. Read verses three and four. So that the Lord may carry out his promise, which he has spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons are careful of their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart, with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Hope is expectation of future good. We all live on hope. David explained the way of success to his son Solomon. Success depends on walking before the Lord in truth. If Solomon would do that, he would be successful. God created us with the capacity for hope. But the ability to hope must be developed. It's just like any other talent you have. You were born with the capacity to walk, but you had to learn to do it. <laughs> you were born with the capacity to throw a ball, but you had to learn to do it. You were born with the capacity to hope, but hope has to be developed. We all live on hope. Hope for a raise. Hope for a boyfriend. Hope the market will do well. Hope for a new baby. Parents transmit an 
attitude to their children. It's an attitude of hope or an attitude of pessimism. Children pick up that attitude and they live with it. The greatest hope for any, ch- any Christian is the expectation of the future good that I will go to heaven. That hope shapes my life. And we parents must give hope to our children. I've told you three things. Number one, parents teach their children how to be prepared to die. Number two, parents teach their children how to live. And number three, parents give hope to their children. Parenting is a high calling from God. When mom and dad come together, a new life with a soul is created. And that soul will live through eternity. God instructed Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. God instructed Noah and his wife, be fruitful and multiply. God instructed Jacob to be fruitful and multiply. God said, children are a heritage of the Lord. Mom, dad, you have the honor the privilege, the responsibility to model the life of God before your children. God has revealed himself as our heavenly father. We earthly fathers are the model for our children. They learn what the heavenly father is like by watching earthly fathers. Parents, I'm going to invite you now to pray for your children. Pray for each one of them by name. Whether you have a relationship with them or not, you know them, call their name. Please bow your head and please pray for each of your children by name. Ask God's blessing on them. If you must repent before the Lord because you haven't modeled what's necessary, ask forgiveness. Ask God to fill your children with the Holy Spirit. Call the name of your children before God. Amen. We are all children. Some of us were born into very good, stable homes. Some not. Some have a lot of hurt. Some have a lot of good memories. But as children... Now, let us pray for our parents. If your parents are already gone, then continue to pray for your children or someone else. But please bow your head now and pray for your parents, if they are still living. For mom, for dad. If your parents have gone on, just thank God that you had parents. If your parents took you to church, Thank God for that. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
praise you. Lord, I 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 praise you. Jesus is Lord. 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 Please stand. And now may the peace of God and the love of Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now until Jesus comes again. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go and have a good Sunday with your family. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.